rude, isn't it, when someone says that that you're humble, you have humility. It's like, what do I do with that? <laughs> so, thanks, Rakaia. It's really nice. Um, um, so, um, before I start bringing the word that I've got prepared for you today, um, I've got um, some um, King's Church family news that I would like to bring to you. Um, so we are home community, which meets in the Sunday in the evenings of Sundays, um, is led by a team of leaders who have done a fantastic job in leading that time. They've been leading that time um, for about three years now, and um, and they have done a great job. Yeah. Um, um, so we appreciate everything that. Um, Josh and Shabla have done, and Josh and Tuella, Sakona, and Jack and Fiona Kirsten, which are here today with their baby. We appreciate everything that they've done, and we know that they've worked really hard, and they've prayed into everything that they've done there, and we've seen something of God in that time together. Um, but as a leadership team, we've been talking and praying with that leadership team, and um, we've come to the place now where we believe that in the season of everything of like where we are and and what God is doing amongst us that we believe now that time is right for the home community to merge with the central community so so one church anyway we're the same church we've just been meeting at the same time so normally they meet in the evenings but now they'll have to get up early I'm afraid (laughs) and they'll have to come and be in this meeting so um and we know that this, this, this decision comes closely on the back of our decision to close Longsight. And, um, and we did know at the time that we were like, talking about what the future was for home when we, when we made the announcement about Longsight. But we weren't ready, quite ready to make the announcement for home. So, um, but we are now. And, we, and so home is going to be meeting for the last time on the 9th of December. Hmm? 8th of December, sorry, 8th of December, and, um, and then they will be joining us in this service on the 15th of December. So we are a really warm, welcoming family, and we're going to be welcoming the rest of our family that's going to be joining us. So it's great, isn't it? It's exciting. So we've got a great, um, exciting future ahead of us. Um, we are excited about our future. Um, we are excited about what God has got for us, for King's Church. This week of prayer and fasting for us is such a great opportunity for us to, to, to go deeper into God and what is God saying and to, and to seek more of the Holy Spirit and to have more of that. And we are passionate about that. We are passionate about, um, about mission and discipleship. And we're asking God to help us with that. We're asking you guys to help us with that because mission and discipleship can only happen if we're doing this together. And this, so these are things that we're excited about. These are things that we are passionate about and we're looking forward to doing. So, um, so yeah, so let's pray for the guys as they move, as they transition across to merge with us, and, um, and let's be excited about our future. We have got a good future, you know, um, and we are still um, believing God as well, that, um, that he, his plan and purpose for us as a community of communities is to have communities in Greater Manchester. We have no plans whatsoever, so you can just relax, 
to close Wivenshaw or Swinton. So they're going to continue, and we are praying and seeking God. God, where is it that you want us to go next? You know, in the, this period of time of um, having different communities, I do believe that um, that. You know, there's lots of things going on. I believe God is doing lots of things. And, and also in that time, God has shown us things as well that we've learned from that will help us as well in the future. So, um, so yes, excited about the future. So, um, I'm going to speak to you today so about slow down, press in, believe, get up. Okay, I will explain more, don't worry. But I'm going to start by reading a passage from Mark chapter 5. So if you want to turn to Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to read from verse 21 to 43. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed round him. And a woman was there who had been subjected to, was subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting worse, sorry, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Before she thought, if I, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Then immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned round in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking round to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, Some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing. And he went here and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after he put them all out, he took the child's father and the mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Koam, 
which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. This is an amazing passage, isn't it? So Jesus here has just crossed over the lake and is on the other side of the lake. And what's interesting about this is that when he gets to the other side of the lake, he's got a crowd pressing in on him, wanting to, to see more of what he's doing. But it's, what is interesting is that he's come from the other side of the lake where they asked him to leave. They didn't want him to be there. So he just healed a man who had been demon-possessed and out of his mind. And, and the demons were set free from him and went into um, a herd of pigs. And all the pigs committed suicide, which completely freaked out everybody. And so they asked Jesus to leave. We're too afraid of this man. He needs to go. And so Jesus comes across the lake. He comes to the side. And I wonder if the people there had heard what happened at the other side of the lake. I wonder if they thought, oh, you know, that excitement, that commotion that happened at the other side of the lake, we need to go and see Jesus. We need to go and see who he is. Maybe they'll be able to see something, maybe a miracle or something. And so they were pressing in on him and they were trying to find out more about him. And yet as he's there, he comes across this man called Jairus. And, and Jairus is in this desperate situation. He just left his daughter who was dying she was sick and, and she, she wasn't going to survive and so his last hope was Jesus Jesus was his last hope so off he went to go and find him and said Jesus come with me come with me and help me heal my daughter if you lay your hands on her she'll be well and so he says to her yes I'll come with you I'll come with you which is great and I imagine Jairus is like thinking, come on hurry up let's go my daughter's like really ill you know and Jesus seems like he's taking his time a little bit and then, he's, and then he stops and he's like there looking around and, and Jairus is like thinking come on do you not know I'm in a hurry why, you know, why don't you just come with me and he's there and he's like who's touched me you know, and the disciples like, well, you know, everyone's pressing on on you. It could be anything. And, and I imagine Jairus is thinking, come on, Jesus, we've got to get out of here. And then this woman confesses it was her that she touched his cloak and was completely healed. And while Jesus was talking to this woman, people came to Jairus from his household and said to him, Jairus, don't bother him anymore. There's no point. She's gone. She's dead. So just leave him alone. And Jesus heard this and turns to him and says, don't be afraid, believe. And so he goes with Jairus, takes his disciples, stops the crowd from following him, doesn't want the crowd there. They're only there to, to see what's going to happen and, you know, and he doesn't want them around. So he goes and then he, when he gets to Jairus' house, there's another crowd there. There's mourners. They're wailing and mourning and crying and making all this commotion. And, you know, it's about this little girl who just lost her life, this girl who was full of promise and hope and, and a great future and now she has gone and she's gone and they're wailing and crying and Jesus goes to the young girl and takes her hand speaks to her and says get up and she gets up she hears Jesus voice 
She responds to Jesus' voice and she gets up. Now, this is a powerful story of hope, faith, healing, and life. A story of encounter with Jesus, with his love and his power. And we see a man full of urgency and fear finding faith. We see a woman who's, who's had gone through so much stuff in her life and it's taken so long to get to this moment. And she finds the power of God that brings her healing. And we see that which was full of promise and hope and excitement for a, a bright future fade away and then find its life once again. You know, if you would put place yourself as in this story, I wonder where you would place yourself. I wonder where you would be. Is it that you would be where Jairus is? Would you be like Jairus, who, who needs God to turn up right now? I need you, God. You need to come urgently. I'm desperate. Maybe everything is really tough. Maybe there is a sense of urgency. Maybe it feels like everything is going to fall apart. Maybe right now you are finding it hard to to believe the promises of God. You know Jesus said to you, I will come with you. And yet you feel like I'm on my own in this. Does he not know what I'm going through? Does he not know what's happening? Is he coming? It just feels like forever. Maybe you have these self-doubts of maybe I'm not important enough. Maybe God is not answering my prayers because I'm not important. Or, you know, you see other people's prayers being answered around you. You're like, well, what about me, God? I believed you. I know you. I trust you. And and I still am holding on to what I need right now. And, And it's urgent. It's important to me. Maybe um, you have people around you saying, just give up. It's too late. Why even bother to pray? Maybe you say that to yourself. Maybe you've got these internal voices that say, do you know what? I don't think I'll bother praying anymore. It's too late. It's over. What is the point? Maybe you're wondering, how can I shake off these doubts? How can I not be afraid when it looks like all hope is gone? Maybe you see yourself like the woman who's been going through something for a long time. You've tried everything. It's cost you everything. You've sacrificed so much and you're still not seeing the things of God that you were wanting to see in your own life. Maybe you're searching for answers and you're realizing it's in the wrong place. But God, I don't know where the answers are. Maybe you, you know what you need right now, but it seems like it will just take too much effort. It's too hard. It's too difficult. And maybe you're afraid that if I put all this effort in and I press on in there, that it might not even work. It might even be a waste of effort. Or maybe you see yourself in some way like the child in the story where you feel tired, you feel weak, maybe all worn out. 
If only the opportunity came when I was full of energy. If only the opportunity came when I was still full of hope and promise. And now you're going through the emotions and you don't feel like I've got any passion anymore. The passion is gone. Where is the passion for for God gone? Where is the passion for righteousness gone? Where is the passion for the church gone? Where is the passion for for seeing people saved gone? Where is the passion to pray? Where is the passion to read my Bible? Where is the passion to be in community gone? And it's gone and you're like, God, what has happened to me? Maybe you've never known Jesus as your Lord and Saviour and friend. And right now you're, you're realising there's something missing in my life. You feel like there's more to life than what I'm experiencing. There must be much more to this. And what you need right now is this light and life to come to bring you life everlasting. Now we can use passage... That this passage, Mark 5, to help us to think about how do we respond to God? How do we hear God for our circumstances? How do we decide on what voices do we listen to? What voices don't we listen to? We're coming to the end of our Slow Down series. I don't know if that fills you with joy or what. (laughs) Uh, Maybe you've enjoyed it. But um, this teaching series, um, you can actually hear this teaching series online on makingjesusfamous.org if you want to listen to any of the preachers. Because the whole point of this teaching series and, and slowing down and getting us to think about God and who God is and it's about digging deeper into him and into our relationship with him and what does that look like? And we have to take time to do that. We have to make sacrifices to make that work. You know, it is hard to slow down. It is hard to to think, I want to dig deeper into God and what does that look like? It demands so much of me. It demands so much more of my time and of my energy. And I don't know if I've got that. I don't know if I've got that capacity. But the thing is about um, slowing down... And taking in and asking God and and seeking him more is that the benefit that we get from that so outweighs anything else that we may have sacrificed to get to that place. And so we do keep on talking about this and we keep on asking God, what does that look like? We have to be intentional about cultivating our relationship with him so that we welcome him in every part of our lives. And if there is a part of your life that he is not welcome, you will feel it. I've known it in my own life. You know, there's parts of my life where I think to myself, do you know what, God, this is my thing. This is what I want to do. And yes, I will do this, that and the other for you. But, but this is for me. This is for my comfort. This is for me. And, and, and I feel that those areas of my life, it's just darkness, lifeless and I'm thinking God what is that about I need you in every part of my life and so slowing down helps us to see God and say God what part of my life are you not in slowing down helps us to see God and say God where is it that I need more of you where is it in my life that I need more of your fruitfulness 
the three characters in this story that I'd mentioned encountered God in different ways. So the woman here, she encountered God because she pressed in. And even though there was a, ta- there was a crowd right um, around Jesus and it was really difficult to get in, it was hard to push on through. It was really difficult. And even though this woman may have had so many insecurities, I mean, what must she thought about herself and all these things that are happening to her body and, and she can't get it right? So she's got all these insecurities and in her mind she's thinking, I just need Jesus. She pressed in and encountered the power of God that gave her exactly what she needed. You know, we find it hard to press in when we feel pressed ourselves. If we feel pressed for time, if we feel pressed with work or family. And it can be hard when we are under a lot of pressure. It may even take a lot out of us just to even to get to church on a Sunday morning. And I wonder how difficult it was for that woman to get to Jesus. But what she did was she pressed in. And it was important to her that something in her life changed when she did that. She couldn't carry on the way things were. She suffered for a long time and she needed something to happen. You know the word of God for you today through this story and this woman is press in. Yes, it's hard, but it's not impossible. There is an encounter with Jesus that is for you that will change your whole life. Imagine that, pressing in on God and encountering his power, his awesomeness, something that makes a difference in your life. It's worth pressing in. It's worth discarding all these things that are around us and stopping us from getting to that place and saying, God, I'm not going to give up. I want this. And right now we're praying and fasting for more of the Holy Spirit. What an opportunity. Say, God, I'm going to fast. And this is me pressing into you. I need you, God. I need more of you. Did you ever wonder why um, any of the the crowd didn't feel the power of God? Because they were all pressing in on him too, but, but they didn't receive God's power. I wonder why. Could it be because the, power, they, the crowd were more like spectators? They were just following and just seeing what was happening. They were going through the motions and it was all exciting, seeing all these different things that were going on. And, you know, let's go with our friends and let's see what happens. You know, when I'm alone at night and I think about the day that's just gone, I think to myself, was I like the woman who pressed in on Jesus and encountered him? Or was I like the crowd that just wanted to go through the motions and just see something great? And to be honest with you, I can have days like both of those days. 
where I've gone to the end of my day and I realised, you know what, I've not pressed in on Jesus today. So I need to be intentional each and every day to press into Jesus. We could ask ourselves the same question when we come from a church meeting. Did I press into Jesus or was I one of the crowd? This is a great challenge to all of us. One worth being challenged about. And I hope I'm challenging you today. Because experiencing God's power is worth so much more than anything else that we could ever know. The amazing thing is, unlike the woman who waited 12 years to encounter Jesus, we can encounter Jesus any time we want. We don't have to wait 12 years. I think it's so beautiful how Jesus looked for the woman after after she touched him. He could have left her, she was healed, and off she went, and that would have been fine. But Jesus looked for her. And I think it's because because she pressed in and received something of the power of God. God didn't want to just leave her with that. God had more for her than just that. You know, when we press into Jesus, he doesn't just give us what we need. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to be living our lives by the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't just give us that. He gives us peace and hope and faith and joy and righteousness. He gives us so much more. So we can slow down and press in. Think about what you need to do to do that. At the end of your day, look over your day. Were you one of the crowd or did you press in? Be determined that that you will receive from God each and every day. Press through all those barriers, all the things that's going on in your head and in your world that stops you from pressing in on Jesus. Another character is Jairus who encountered God because he believed. He did struggle with believing. He did find it hard. And I can understand Jairus' point of view, to be honest. He asked Jesus to come with him. And then Jesus seems to be like getting distracted. He saw how ill his daughter was when he went to find Jesus. And he was in this desperate situation. And it was what he just needed Jesus to come quickly. And then the people around him were telling him to give up. You don't need to ask Jesus anymore. It's too late. And when we're desperate for God to answer, it's hard waiting for God to come. It's hard waiting for God to come when we think it's just too late. How do we pray when it's too late? How do we wait on God when it's too late? I wonder how many of us have this internal voice that tells us it's a waste of time. Don't bother. Jesus isn't going to answer your prayer. Why would Jesus answer your prayer? Who do you think you are? Don't you think that's impossible? How beautiful it was for the man who... um, who was struggling with fear and unbelief, when Jesus just turned to him and said, don't be afraid, just believe. Look, God in his grace, 
and compassion. It doesn't condemn us when we're, we're struggling with, faith, with our faith. It doesn't condemn us if we're doubting or we find things hard. But what he does do, he encourages us to believe. He says, don't be afraid. Believe. You know, what really affects our faith, what really affects what we believe is really important because, because we need to put ourselves in those places that helps us build on our faith, helps us to get strong in what we believe. And you know, so the things around us, the things that we're hearing can affect our faith, can affect what we believe. You know, Jesus didn't want the mourners to be there because, because they were laughing at Jesus. When Jesus came in full of faith to say, um, this little girl is not dead, she's just asleep, the mourners laugh. Do you know the enemy laughs at you when you exercise faith? We have this internal thing that goes on inside, inside us saying, ha-ha, as if that's going to happen. Ha-ha, if that's... And all, and the enemy, all the enemy is trying to do is stop you from believing. Our God is a powerful God, and he will do what he said he will do. And we need to believe him. We need to stand firm and trust that God will do what he said he will do. And even if in our own eyes it looks like it's late... In God, it's not late. Because if he said yes, he is coming. When we read our Bibles, when we pray, it's like Jesus walking those mourners right out of the room. You know when you're feeling doubt, when you're hearing those voices, you need to get into a place where you say, God, I need to know what your word says. And it stirs up that faith. Praying stirs up that faith. Being around people who are full of faith stirs up that faith and helps you to be one who believes. Slow down and believe. What do you need to do to do that? Is it spending time reading your Bible? Is it putting time aside to pray? Does it look like surrounding yourself with people of faith who will help you, encourage you, challenge you? Another character in the story I want to talk about is a little girl who encountered God because she responded to Jesus' voice to get up. And it's so beautiful how this, this story is told. I love it how it says how he comes to her, takes her hand and speaks gently to her and she hears his voice. She hears his voice. I wonder if she's lying there. It feels, you know, what it was like for her in the moments up until she died, where she was coming in and out of consciousness, where she was thinking, you know, is this my time? I wonder if she, was, she realized that, that her time was coming to an end and it was all drifting away and, until she was in this dark place of nothingness anymore, of this loneliness and darkness And out of the darkness, she hears a voice. Out of the darkness and the death and the sickness and the the end of it all, where we thought it was the over, it was over, and yet we hear Jesus' voice saying, get up. I wonder how many of us have had hopes and dreams in our lives where we just feel like there's just no hope. 
They've gone. They've died. It's no more. The words, the promises, the things I was holding on to, I feel like I just need to let go of it now because it's just too late. It's gone. It's dead. You know, Jesus is holding his hand out to anyone today that feels tired and weak, that feels like, do you know what? I don't know if I can do this anymore. Jesus is there holding his hand out to all of those of us who feel like, do you know what? I just feel like I just want to give up. I just want to give up. But Jesus says, get up. Get up, because I am with you. I am going to fill you with my life. I am going to fill you with myself. And I am going to fill you so that you can be awake once again. And he says that to your dreams. He says that to your callings. He says that to all the things that you have let go in your life. And he's waking it up. Get up, he says. Get up, he says. And maybe today... It's a really good moment for you to, if you've never accepted Jesus into your life, that Jesus is coming to you and saying, receive me, accept me. And if you respond to Jesus' voice to come and be your Lord and Savior and friend, he will bring life to your soul and you will have everlasting life with him. Slow down and hear him saying to you, get up. Get up by the words of life to you right now. What is he saying? Get up to to you about in your life today. What do you need Jesus in your life right now to say, get up to? Surround yourself with people who will encourage you, who will stand with you like Jesus did when he got his disciples of faith to stand with him. No, I want you to feel encouraged today. You know, and as you take time to think about how can I foster my walk with Jesus? How can I foster my spiritual life with God? How can I foster that so it grows and develops into a, a life of faith? Think about that today. Take some time. Take some time to think about that. Maybe if you're, you're deciding how to, what you're going to do this week in the way of fasting and praying, take that as an opportunity to say, God, I want more of you. I want more of your spirit. What does it look like for me to press in on you, God? Okay, just pray. If you want to take a stand. Father God, I just want to just thank you in this moment that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you are right here, right now, in this place. That Lord God, you see every single person's heart in this room. You see every single person's needs. You see every single person's hurts and longings and desires. And Lord God, we just say thank you that you are a God who's a personal God that knows everything. 
And right now, Lord God, I just pray for each and every one of us that we will press into you, God, to receive more of you, God. That we will stand firm on your word and believe what you say is to be true, God. That, Lord God, as we hear your voice proclaiming to us and speaking to us, that we will receive it with power and grace, that it will revive our hearts and soul to do what you want us to do, God. Thank you, Jesus. Just pour out your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.